the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here she is, Andrea Kay. <laughs> yeah, 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 here I am. I'm glad to be back, my babies. I actually uh, didn't just take off uh, Thanksgiving, or the day after Thanksgiving. I actually was off uh, last Tuesday and Wednesday as well. And what a way for me to come back with a brand new intro to the show, babies. Glad to be back with you all. I missed you all so much. And I especially miss this man here in the studio with me. I will get to in just a moment. Got to tell you guys, guess who else is back tonight? You ever remember a little thing called the election fraud of 2020? A little, little, little thing uh, the, of, uh, known as the uh, stolen presidential election? Well, Dr. Frank will be here. Yeah, we hadn't forgotten. They're trying to get us to, to forget about it. Well, he's going to be here to not only remind you, but give you the new information on that. Those topics and more, 888-344-1170, if you would like to call in the show tonight. 888-344-1170. And uh, we'll make time for calls in the last part of the show. Because when Dr. Frank is on, we're going to want to make sure that we're tuned in and we're paying attention to everything he's got to say. Because this is an issue that we've got to make sure that we continue to keep the focus on. Not something or some do, do whoever this Omicron thing is. We're going to talk about that in a moment. 888 and here he is, the man, the myth, the legend. I missed him over Thanksgiving. It's DJ Potato Skins. It will include and across the board. DJ Potato Skins. You know, Andrea, I grew up as a lover of Transformers, and I have to say their latest variant, whatever you want to call it, Omicron, sounds like it's some from a Transformers cartoon. And But we saw this coming months ago. Right. Well, of course. I mean, this is the play, right? I mean, the, the, this is never going to end. We actually talked about this last year. It was 14 days to flatten the curve, and then it was, then you got to wear a mask, then it was distancing, and then it's you're not going to get your life back and be able to go and, and you know, and, and enjoy all types of indoor activities and beyond until you get the shots. And then after the first shot, then it was, you know, the second shot, then it was first booster, and then it's going to be, and then here come the variants. I mean, this is never going to end they know that this is a virus that cannot be eradicated they know that it has a 99.8 percent recovery rate they know that this is like the flu and that these shots don't work best case best case as and this is what i heard from alex berenson today best case these shots are worthless worst case they're killing people this is 100 percent about power and there's more data that's coming out that's saying that there's some serious side effects to these vaccines. Absolutely. But let's even just talk about this Omicron. And yeah, what an interesting name. I mean, they, they're trying to pick these names. These scary. This is scary. This is Omicron, man. This is, this, is, this is like The Predator, right? One of my favorite movies, The Predator with... with um, our, wow, I, you and I agree on a movie. I know, right? Um, do, don't you think The Predator... Doesn't, that, when you think the name Omicron, don't you think of a beast like The I Predator? I do. I never saw Predator 2 or 3, but the first Predator You're was good. amazing. You're good. You didn't have to. Yeah, the first Predator was amazing. And they're wanting a name like that to instill fear. But here's the deal. I, I wonder how many – you're not going to hear this on um, CNN or MSNBC or probably even Fox News or any of the rest of them because there's a reason why the mainstream media is not telling you all day every day that cases don't equal caskets. 
that just because something is contagious doesn't mean it's uh, just because something is highly contagious doesn't mean it's it's highly uh, deadly doesn't mean it, it it results in in high sickness. In fact, the doctor who discovered uh, Omicron ha- slams it as hype, particularly with the travel bans. This is the national chair of the South African Medical Association, Dr. Angelique Coetzee, the one who made the discovery, a variant among her tests, um, said, quote, the variant was detected and, uh, well, that's Reuters. What did she have to say? Oh, here's the important part of what she had to say. That one of the biggest hospitals in her area and the country of South Africa, in, in that hospital, there's only one patient who is COVID positive on a ventilator and it's not even from Omicron. So here we've got this new variant and at the source of where this new quote variant is in South Africa, Africa, it's not even a crisis there. Hospitals aren't overrun with this Omicron. Oh, it's five. I hear her today. It's 500 times more contagious. There's no way for you could know that you, that you could know that when only 25 patients have been diagnosed with it. Makes you wonder where they get these numbers, Andrea. Well, they're 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 pulling them out of their hiney, right? I mean, come on! This isn't about trying to scare you to death. This doctor was like the hype that's been created currently out there in the media and worldwide does not correlate with the clinical picture, she said, and it doesn't warrant to just cut us off from any traveling and and ban South Africa as if we were our villains in the whole process. It should not be like that. Remember when Trump banned travel from Africa and he was called. Um, uh, racist and bigoted yet these bans today are not based in any science this is 100 percent, and it's not even about bigotry here this isn't about anti being anti-south african or anti-black people this is about being pro-tyranny this is about it, it, what ron jackson which is uh, trump's doctor was he said uh he called this the mev the midterm election variant oh i love it isn't that true isn't Biden it? even came out today and said, well, you know what? It's, it's causing for concern, but you won't have to worry about lockdowns if you get vaccinated. Right. They're, this is the excuse. They, they're tired of people out there refusing to get the juice. They're tired of people out there questioning after they're seeing report after report after report of, of problems, it, it, adverse side effects. There was an article today I posted on uh, my Facebook that all of a sudden they're just scratching their heads. They can't figure out why. Tater skins. That all these young male athletes are suddenly at, at, you know, at skyrocketing rates, collapsing on soccer fields with heart, heart issues. Gee, could it be that myocarditis? That's the side effect of these shots. So when they've still got resistance going on out there in the public, they've got to have any excuse that they can find to try to punish you, take your freedoms away, scare you to death into being jabbed. San Diego City Council today voted uh, to enforce uh, shot mandates. On uh, the remaining, I think, 2,000 city workers in San Diego uh, that are still refusing to be to be vaxxed. The, I'd like to see how many of those city workers still refuse. It'll be interesting to see right now. I think they've got to Wednesday. Then they're going to take measures uh, to within the next 30 days from that to force them. The police officers union, I think, was the only one of the six unions that pushed back on it. Um, we only had one dissenting vote on the city council, and he said, because we can't afford to lose these police officers. They're not even, they're not even giving them a testing option. See, not I mean, even- I'm not, don't get me wrong, Andrea, I'm not for any of these mandates, but at least when you have that testing option that offers you a way out, that's just flat out wrong. That's when you know that this has nothing at all to do with anybody's health, and it's 100% about power forcing us into the collective 
society forcing us to submit to the state. And they also do know the 2022 uh, midterms are coming up. And, and there is a push right now to push through any and all of the far left's agenda on us, which is what the Republicans never do. They never take their power and push and push and push to get through their agenda. Um, it, this will be, as Ronnie Jackson said, this will be used to um, affect the uh, midterm elections. We're going to take a break. When we come back. Let's re- let's rewind back to 2020 and how coronavirus was used in part as a way to steal the 2020 election. And we're going to talk to Dr. Frank. There's breaking news on the election fraud front, and you're going to hear it here. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. I cannot think of a better intro to this segment then giving you guys the opportunity to vote on this year's Culture Warrior. And one of the nominees is Mike Lindell. And I encourage all y'all to go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com and vote in Didi for Mike Lindell, who's doing everything that he can to restore election integrity to the United States of America. Because as many, how many times have we said, DJ Potato Skins, there nothing matters in this country. No issue matters unless elections matter. You've said it over and over again, and it, that is the only thing. That's all that matters. And everybody's talking about Ronald McDaniel and GOP and everybody. Oh, we got, we're in such good position in 2022. Hello, have you not paid attention? Look at what happened with the recall. We, there's still massive fraud everywhere. We had, we had proof coming out of Arizona, and yet still nothing was done. Joining me tonight is the man at the, at the tip of the spear of the data and the, the proof of the fraud itself. And you guys know who that is. It is, of course, Dr. Frank, and he's been on the show a couple times before. And every time he's on, people are like, wow, I had no idea. And that's because nobody else is talking about it in the media, and they need to. Hello, Dr. Frank. Hello, Andrea. How nice to talk to you again. Yes. Okay. So a lot of people have no idea, Dr. Frank, that there is news happening with lawsuits and one in particular involving the Supreme Court. So there's so much fraud that you guys have uncovered. There's no way to get into it if I did a whole week of shows nonstop. So my goal tonight with you is to help people understand the latest developments in terms of lawsuits and then in the time that we have, like the top five, you know, areas of evidence of fraud that people really need to know about so that we can re-engage this country in this issue. Sounds excellent. I'm glad to help. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for covering this issue. You're absolutely right. If the elections aren't sound, we don't have a country. Right. And then, you know, so all this yammering about Omicron and mandates and this and that and the border and this, you know, three trillion dollar spending plan. It's true. Those are all issues. But, you know, there's no point in us focusing on it and yammering about it and talking about doing anything about it if we're never going to be able to win another election. So what you know, so this is right. This is the number one issue. So you guys did a I, I was in a meeting. In, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to tee it up, you know, to you sharing with everybody what's going on. Sure, go ahead. That was it. Oh, you want me to? Okay, go yeah. ahead. Gotcha. <laughs> I, you know, I was in a I was in a meeting with. Um, there's a little lag on the line. Sorry about that. I was in a, a meeting in Colorado several months ago, and a lady stood up, and she was in tears, and she's a mother, and she had fought so hard in their state for for vaccine um, 
laws to, to, to protect their children and not be forcing it in schools and whatnot. And she was in literally, literally in tears and I, I, they lost the election. And I was thinking it, here's this poor woman who's done all this work and led this massive effort in their state to protect their children and they lose the election. And she looks at me and she says, I never understood how important our elections were. Yeah. It, it's down to even the local level, your school board. Should you have a school open or closed? You're electing those people. So over and over again, yes, our elections are the most important issue. I'm kind of sorry for reiterating that, but it's no, so important. People, it is. people don't seem to appreciate that. Well, absolutely. You know, um, we, we're we're so resilient as a people. Uh, Dr. Frank, that, you know, it's like we'll get hit hard in the face, punched in the face, we'll, you know, have some crisis happen. And we it's almost as though we it's great that we're resilient, we rebound, but we tend to move on too quickly. And and we're too willing to accept and adjust ourselves to the the new state of, of, of circumstances. And we're too willing to accept what's going on thinking, well, that it's not the end of the world, we can work with this, you know, kind of like, yeah, we'll put a mask on our face when it was really just the beginnings of of never having any freedoms again and there's and and so too many americans have just moved on and when the mainstream media is is just um i actually heard the other day um matt schlapp the head of uh cpac every year say in an interview that he did on a mainstream media outlet that joe biden won the election i thought you've got to be kidding me let me, you know, let me try the to... Rem- the, and the RNC said it. Yeah. The head of the RNC said it as well, Ronald McDaniels. I mean, they're basically our worst enemy. They're the enemy inside the wire. We, you know, as Mike Lindell says, he's, he, he says, it's a good thing we lost the election or we wouldn't know that we've lost our country. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would all just, yeah. you're right, we would all just roll over and say, okay, well, you know, things happen and... You know, yeah, there's fraud, but we won, so must, everything's okay, so let's just go on. Uh-uh. Our elections are gone. We have lost our country until we get our elections back. Well, let me so ask you this. Yeah, that's what yeah. you're fighting for. Let me ask you this, though, before you get into some of the details. Um, a, sure. w- when there were wins recently in the Virginia governorship, although Youngkin isn't exactly conservative with some things he's done since, a um, lot of wins across the country in local races like in upstate New York and Long Island with DA races and city councils and mayors and all that. A lot of a lot of rhinos and media were like, see, that means that there's nothing wrong with our elections. Everything's cool. Look, Youngkin won. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. And I think there's there's a couple of ways to beat this system. One way is to have really good turnouts. And when you have a lot of really motivated grassroots, they'll just overwhelm the mathematical algorithms that are regulating regulating the election outcomes. So partly, there's a lot of people really angry out there, and the grassroots is really turning out um, a lot. So that's one possible explanation. Another one is that they've, they are chosen to win the election for some reason. Ah. We're going to, uh-huh. you know, we're going to give a dog a bone, you know, we're going to give the Republicans yes! a bone and maybe they'll get off of it. How many know, times have we said that? Excuse me for interrupting, Dr. Frank. Skins and I have said that so many times that we believed that there was actual negotiations that were done or districts or areas in which the Democrats have allowed a win to occur. And I wondered at the time if that's not what happened in Virginia, because this Yunkin guy, 
uh, you know, he's on board with local mask man and, and shot mandates. For one of the first things he did was go visit the Adams Mosque, which has been a, a hotbed for terrorism. That was not a win. We will for, give you a few scraps. Yes. We'll maintain the power. Everything is yeah. fine here. Yes, exactly. So um, let's that's get into. You know, that's a great hypothesis. Yeah, exactly. And excuse me if I'm interrupting you a lot because you have so many details and I'm trying to make sure that we get everything in, t- in, in the time that we have. Um, you guys presented, I watched on Frank's speech, frankspeech.com, frankspeech.com. I watched um, a lot of, particularly last night, the details that are coming out now. Let's get into some of that. Let's start with the lawsuit. Excellent. Now, uh, thanks for making, mentioning Frank's speech. We just finished a 96-hour Frankathon. Uh, it's, we called it the Thanksathon uh, for Thanksgiving. And the original objective of the Thanksathon was to go over all of the Supreme Court case that we've that we've put up. We were expecting it to have been filed by then, but I think we're delayed. But it's still going to happen. We're still working on it, and I can talk about the strategy with you in a minute. But just to make things clear for you folks out there. It's about a 10-minute long video. It's called Summary of the U.S. Supreme Court Complaint. And it's, it's about 10 minutes long. It's on the frankspeech.com page, and it's narrated by Kurt Olson, who's the main attorney who wrote this thing. And it's absolutely brilliant summary. So I'm, I'm glad to talk with you about it here, of course, and to talk some of the strategy and details and whatnot. But that 10 minutes is worth your time. If you really want to know what's in the case and why – the new case is different than the old case. That's a brilliant 10 minutes by Kurt. But, you know, of course, you know, people, those are the questions people ask. People say, well, you know, what, where are we at in the strategy and which AGs are signing on and, you know, what makes this case different than last time, you know, a, you know, a year ago when s- several of the states sued, uh, sued for, uh, Pennsylvania for the election. So mm-hmm. I can d- deal with those details. But anyway, I just want to kind of give an advertisement for that 10 minutes. I listened to it earlier today because I knew I was going to be on with you and I wanted to kind of keep all those facts fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, Kurt is just absolutely articulate and brilliant in, in that 10 minutes. So that I just recommend people to that. I'm going to, yeah, I'll post that uh, on Facebook and on all the socials so people um, can see that. Exactly. Well, what's different about this case than, than last time is that this time the case is not being filed by a state. It's being filed by the attorneys generals of, of our states. And there are plaintiff states, the, the, those are the people accusing, and defendant states, they're the ones defending. So it's, it's basically one state saying, we don't accept how you did your election and we're suing you because of it. And the reason that's important is because you broke your own laws. And because you broke your own laws, our opportunity to elect a president was denied. And by the Constitution, we are entitled to certain laws. We are certain, we've made an agreement. We have a national, you know, basically the, the Constitution is a compact between mm-hmm. all of the states. We say we're going to elect our president in the following ways. But. Some of you states, you broke the rules, therefore we're entitled to relief, and the Twelfth Amendment specifies what that relief is. So that's sort of that's different than the other time, right? Yeah. It's, it's different than what we had a year ago, and it was rejected on standing. Right. Well, let this me let time. me make sure everybody's let me interrupt you there. Yeah. So what happened before sure. was Texas and I think twenty something other states enjoined to um, yeah. and and presented a case to the Supreme Court, arguing that the other states. 
um, had like Pennsylvania, for example, when their state legislature wrote the election laws, which is um, their state Supreme Court rewrote election laws, which is a violation of the state's uh, election laws that shouldn't have been allowed. But they filed Texas and the other states filed directly to the Supreme Court. They didn't sue each other. So what's different here is they're going to be suing each other. Yes. Yes, that's very different. Good. Good distinction. Um, okay, so I think that sounds like a better plan. Um, so then, um, then what happens? So they they sue each other. What what would be the relief that they would get? Well, the Twelfth Amendment specifies that either it doesn't reach two hundred seventy electoral college votes, that the states are entitled to the Twelfth Amendment relief, which is every state gets one vote based upon the majority in that state. And then the the president of the Senate is the tiebreaker. So if the 12th Amendment were brought into use, it would be 37 to 14, um, because Trump won 37 of the state popular votes. So that that's the 12th, that would be the relief that would be granted under the 12th Amendment. But that's just one of them. And another aspect of the suit is that um, they're suing the government. They're suing the United States government. And there are really like four different lawsuits combined in this. And that, by the way, it's really important that we do, this is different than before. You know, this isn't Kurt Olson or Doug Frank or Andrea Kay suing the government. This is the attorneys general mm-hmm. suing, suing. Mm-hmm. And this case that was written that Mike Lindell spent so much resources to develop is basically where we did the hard work for them. All we need them to do is just sign on and say, yep, this is what we want. So in other words, it's them doing the work, not us, but I mean, I'm sorry, it's them taking the legal action, not us, but Mike Lindell and Kurt Olson and, 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 and me and a lot of us, we did the hard work, if that makes sense. So we're just sort of handling, handing them a template. So uh, people shouldn't get confused. It's not Mike suing the country. Right. It's, the attorneys general doing doing that. But the another one of the defendants is the United States government, because they failed to provide a representative form of government, which is their constitutional obligation. Um, in other words, they're supposed to have a representative form of government, and we didn't have it because the election wasn't real. It was fraudulent. So that's another aspect of it. So which is there a uh, part of the another, U.S.? Is there a part of the U.S. government specifically gets sued or just U.S. government in general? Just in general. Okay. And then, and then there's another uh, clause that's called the take care clause that um, when they have the opportunity, it's sort of like this. If I, if I know that you are about to come under injury and I don't do anything about it, then I didn't take care to protect you. Um, and there's a take care clause in, in the Constitution where the government's required to step in when they know there's a problem. And we knew there was a problem. Mm-hmm. And four Supreme, four Supreme Court justices. Do you remember when 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 the Republicans sued the Democrats in the state of Pennsylvania for changing the laws at the changing the rules at the last minute? Yes. Well, four of the Supreme Court justices of the United States wanted to hear that case. Mm -hmm. It was four to four. But remember, Ginsburg wasn't around. So they so they didn't take the case, but it was split. They were entitled, the Republicans were entitled to that case. They were entitled to have their case heard. In fact, four of the justices even agreed that they were entitled to that. So 
in other words, that was an opportunity for mm-hmm. the government to take care to protect the, the the election, and they didn't take it. So they failed in their duty to do that. So that's that's an example of that. So well, anyway, I'm kind well, of rambling on. No, you're not, because, I, I, in details. fact, you're not rambling on, because that is, uh, let that sink in for a moment. Is there anything more precious as United States, as an American, is our vote? This is our voice, our First Amendment rights. This is supposed to be a representative government. It's not supposed to be some just symbolic gesture like you have in Venezuela when Hugo Chavez was around, right? I mean, it's actually supposed to matter when we go to the polls. And we're so far away from that that we don't have anybody, you know, our elections are being, states are being allowed to violate their constitution all over the place. And not just in Pennsylvania, but that governor in Georgia who cooked up a deal with Stacey Abrams over absentee ballots. I mean, it's like our entire election system is a sham at this point. It's just, it's just being done differently in different areas all across the country. And, and our government sat back, our U.S. government knew it was happening, including Trump's AG Bill Barr. Who is, which is a topic for another day. He, you know, it, it, and, and it would be great if we actually had, had, you know, individuals in our country that could be held accountable. I think the Supreme Court should be, should be liable. We should be able to sue individuals in our, as individuals. I should be able to sue Amy Coney Barrett for the fact that she weaseled out and, you know, didn't, didn't, and didn't want to hear, hear that and other suits. Um, if we don't, you know, we're not the United States of America. We have no country right now because this has been allowed to continue. And to me, that take care is is a critical aspect. And every American listening needs to think about that because we have been um, we've been betrayed by the U.S. government. Absolutely yes. betrayed. You know what, Dr. Frank? When they let, had the chance. When they had the chance. And if you don't, and if you don't deal with it in the moment, now, now look what's happening. They could have prevented all of this. They could have prevented absolutely every bit of this. And now we've got Mike Lindell and a few heroes trying to trying to fix a cor- completely corrupt election system with no support really out there uh, in, in the rest of the country or, or very little support. This is a good time to take a break. Dr. Frank is going to stick around. You're going to hear more details about what's going on and a reminder of the greatest issue that we face in the United States of America. And that is whether or not we're still the United States of America and actually have free and fair elections right now. We don't stay tuned. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K show on the answer. San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Continuing our discussion with Dr. Frank, uh, the man behind so much of the data that's been involved in the facts about uh, the election fraud that took place in uh, last year of which continues to be called conspiracy. He's just a conspiracy theorist, you know, and if you mention the D word, you know, they're, they're going to come for you and try to silence you. And um, one of the things that Mike Lindell, of course, the D word being dominion machines, uh, Mike Lindell is right about one thing when he talks about cancel culture, he talked about over the weekend, he said that this is not just about, um, it, it's about trying to, to, to cancel your voice. Right. And um, by calling you a conspiracy theorist, by trying to shut hosts down from raising these discussions on their shows, it's all about trying to they're trying to silence your voice at the ballot box. And now they're trying to silence your voice and talking about silencing your voice at the ballot box. And that's why we got to be screaming loud about it. And that's why I'm honored to have Dr. Frank back with me tonight. So, Dr. Frank, 
In addition to what we know that the states violating their own election laws with uh, different uh, court systems, um, uh, secretaries of state, governors and beyond, let's talk about some of the data and some of the algorithms and some of that evidence that you've uncovered. Sure. So um, for the last month or so, Mike and I have been flying around the country as a team with an attorney, a white hat hacker, Mike and me. And what we do is we meet with these AGs and Mike kind of lays out the strategy and then Kurt lays out the legal case and we've kind of reviewed that a little bit. And then I show them the data for their own state that shows how their data are being manipulated and how their election outcomes are being manipulated. And then the fourth person in the group shows them their own passwords for all their um, county systems oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, sh- and for their elections. <laughs> did you just say shows them their own passwords for their election systems? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh. And, and, oh and not only that, we show them intrusions into their own systems. So in other words, we, we walk in with a complete case. You know, when we're done with that meeting, they have to accept the fact that their election was completely hacked because I've given them the statistical and canvassing evidence on the ground. We've given them the electronic evidence. You know, it is pretty funny, Andrew, when, when their jaws drop open when we show them their own passwords on their systems. And, and they're like, well, these are, you know, yes, our machines are not on the Internet, but, you know, they're connected by an internal secure network. And we say, <laughs> no, they're not secure. Here are the passwords. Uh, one guy I showed to, he, he said, uh, Dr. Frank, all those passwords don't prove anything. Those passwords are available on the dark web. And I just what uh, what for a minute. <laughs> uh, did he not realize what he just said? <laughs> That's is that not basically an admission that anybody can get into their systems? Yes, that's the whole point. So, oh, my gosh. Um, so that's kind of what we've been doing going around. And so the original complaint that we put together included all of my data and a lot of those electronic evidences. So we had this big, very thorough, very thoroughly prepared thing that we were asking the AGs to sign on. But it was kind of overwhelming. And it's surprising to me to be to meet some of these people that have never even looked at some of these results before. So it's a little overwhelming to them. And I understand that because mm-hmm. anybody who's seen it for the first time, there's a lot going on there. And But what we were learning is that they were kind of taking a step back. There's so much. There's yeah. so much evidence. There's mountains of evidence. And they'd say, well, we have to evaluate all this. So we're going to put teams on this. Well, we don't want to wait for a month for their teams to analyze us. So we we took a step back. We did a plan B. We said, we're going to take out all of the stuff that hasn't already been proven in a legal, a formally legal way to make it very simple for them to sign on to this complaint. And then later when it's in court, yeah, we'll bring in all the declarations. You know, I have a a 35-page declaration that I worked for weeks on, single-spaced with about 30 graphs, all sorts of explanations, diagrams to show how this everything works. But we're that's a little overwhelming. So we kinda we took that out of this first. The things the data that are in this complaint, and this is really cool for, for people to understand it, are much simpler things that have already been proven. You know, like for example the Maricopa audit. That's mm-hmm. already officially in the record and all the results of that are in the record. And there's more than sufficient evidence that was presented there 
to show that the election was fraudulent. So that's an example of, of some of the data. And of course, they didn't have those data a year ago, did they? Mm, no. When they d- did the case before. So that's completely new. There's, uh, you probably heard about the Racine County Sheriff that filed charges against their own state. They're suing the, the, the WEC, the Wisconsin Election Commission, for knowingly, I mean, they have them on record, for knowingly telling their people to commit fraud during the election. Wow. So that's a, that's a new case. And, and notice now, this is not some wacko conspiracy theorist, you know, Dr. Frank, accusing them or something. This is actually their own legal system suing their own state. So these are legal proceedings. You know, and there, there are several situations like in Georgia or in Michigan. Uh, my favorite, though, is um, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a, a state statute that says they may not certify. Actually, it doesn't say may that. It says they shall not certify any election that has more votes than people. They shall not. Okay. okay. Well, when uh, two weeks after the election in 2020, they had about 700,000 more ballots than people. And so they're not allowed to certify at that point, right? They're not allowed, their own law says they, may, they shall not certify it. But the Secretary of State said, well, you know, all the counties haven't reported yet, so we're just going to go ahead and certify. Well, that's against the law. That's against their own law. Well, not only well, that, Dr. Frank, but should a state have to have it written in a law? Y'all can't count more votes than we have people that can actually vote? I mean, did, I mean, what are we doing here in this country? This is insane. It is. And, and, and many months went by, and finally all the counties reported, and now they're down to only 40,000 more ballots than <laughs> they have people. Okay, so you're, they're not, so that's new, right? We didn't know that before when we filed. Well, let me interrupt you, that's though. Now, how do we, do you guys have, do you guys have inside those numbers as to how those were about? Like, is it in Arizona where they've got people voting multiple times, um, people that moved away um, that are voting out of district, um, dead people voting? Do we, do we know inside those $40,000, uh, $40,000, 40,000 votes, kind of how that was made up? Yes. Um, but the nice thing is we don't have to argue that oh. it's their own records that say that. Okay. So it's, it's sort of like, we don't even have to splice it out. Their well, own records easy. show exactly. And so, and that's one of the reasons that's one of the objectives of this case is to take out anything that's questionable, anything that doesn't already have overwhelming evidence and already been tested in court, so to speak. So that's the beautiful thing about this case is that it's, it's sort of simplified in that sense. Anybody, and think about it, Pennsylvania has a lot of electoral college votes. By their own laws, they're not allowed to certify their election. Well, imagine, that's a lot of electoral college votes that comes off the total just for that. And the same with Wisconsin. That's a lot of electoral Did we, what's we, going to happen. Right, well, excuse me for interrupting. Did, did Mike Pence yeah. know any of this at the time that he decided to go ahead and certify all these states? Hmm. What did he know? I, 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 I think, I think he's a traitor. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being honest. He clearly, clearly, you know, yeah. he could have. He didn't have to overturn anything. All he, all he had to do was send it back to the states. He, he just could have and said, "I can't certify this. I can't." Demands. Yeah, yeah. So why didn't we just follow our own laws? Now. I could tell you some news stories. Ooh, I mean, there's, even okay. since this complaint's been filed. All right. Well, then hold that. Beca- hold that because this is a perfect teaser because <laughs> yes. they're going to want to stick around to hear this. So we're going to take our okay. final break of the show. And we got more with Dr. Frank. He's got some more stories y'all hadn't heard about yet. So don't go away. 
Get more from the Andrea K Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcoming, welcoming, welcome back to, uh, that was me checking food on Instagram during the break. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, anyway, we're back with our final segment with Dr. Frank, and he's got some stories to share with us. What else you got for us tonight, my friend? <laughs> Thanks for having me, Andrea. This is really fun. I hope you have me back again soon. I'll let you know what's going on. But in the meantime, here's some hot new things. So, you know, the, the case, I think we've covered the case pretty well. There's some real bombshell developments there. Mm-hmm. One of them I didn't mention is about the Halderman report. You know, after the election, there's this uh, Michigan, MIT computer scientist showed that he could hack into our computer systems and change votes. And that report was sealed by the court. <gasps> and we're trying to get that opened up again. And when that gets opened up again, that's going to be real fun when everybody learns about that. That's a great story. Yeah. Uh, another another great story is it's amazing, you know, across the country because of this work, we're creating all these detectives, these citizen detectives everywhere. And they're out there doing really great work. And I'm just fortunate that, you know, now that I'm kind of a lightning rod for this now, people are always sending me stuff. Well, we have discovered a massive ballot harvesting operation in one of the defendant states. I'm not going to say which one yet, but we, and we, and we, in this, what makes this fun versus a lot of this other fraud, you know, that we see that fraud has happened, but who's the bad guys? In this case, we know who the bad guys are. We've got them dead to rights. So this, there's going to be some prosecutions, actually. You know, we, we're going to be able to say, hey, you know, John Smith over here did this, this, and this, and we have the hard evidence. So that's going to be fun. Uh, another thing um, is somebody in a state foiled a whole bunch of county clerk emails. And during those county clerk emails, they discovered that many of our secretaries of states before the election knew they had a serious problem with our voting equipment across the country. Mm. They admitted it in their emails, <gasps> and they said, we're going to be totally hackable in this election. And the leader of the, of the email conversation, who was also Secretary of State, said, okay, we're going to certify it this time, but I'm never going to certify it again until we fix this problem. Wow. Oh, let's just go ahead and allow an election to be stolen, but we're going to make sure we don't let it happen again. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. And wow. what should have happened is right then they should have said, we can't go forward because we're totally hackable. Yeah. That, that, so these are the sort of... I mean, and I, it's so fun. I mean, I got a call the other day from uh, one of my teams in Pennsylvania. They called me up and said, hey, Dr. Frank, we were just standing in the polls during the most recent November election with our phones on. And every time a ballot went through the ballot scanner, suddenly a hotspot kicked up on our phone. And it would stay there for about 30 seconds and then go off. And we would wait, and somebody else would put another ballot through the scanner, and boop, up would come a hotspot. And we could see it. In other words, they're reporting every ballot in real time. We have video of that. We have screen captures of that. It's beautiful. What's, so it's like we've, we've created a, a citizenry that knows right. this is not real, what's happening in our elections. And they're out there investigating. So, that, so that's what I mean by stories. All these stories are coming in now 
uh, of our of our people that are wise to it. And you know, Rasmussen just did a poll recently where they they um, asked people about if they believe there was fraud in the 2020 election. We're up to 56 percent now by that poll. 56 percent of our of our population believes the election was fraudulent, and that is something like 80 percent of Republicans and 35 percent of Democrats. So think about that. We're winning. The mm-hmm. public is waking up finally and coming to grips with the fact that we didn't really have an election. Well, if we had more mainstream media talking about it, I'm grateful to have you on here. Um, I'm not Fox News Channel, um, if I, you know, or or Newsmax. You know, Doctor Frank, I just want to ask you point blank: Do you think we're going to be able to get honest election integrity back in this country? Uh, not with the machines. And and I know it's hard to it's hard to face that, but you got to realize that Europe outlawed the machines decades ago for a reason. They do just fine counting their ballots. And, and another thing that people don't understand is the main hack of the election is not the tallying machine and not the scanner machines. People focus on that because we did find some really obvious cases of fraud uh, or or at least malfunctioning machines during the election. The real fraud. The major wide-scale fraud is in the voter registration databases. Mm-hmm. No one denies those are online. They're completely networked throughout the states. Everybody can see, any hacker can see who's voted whenever. So we really have to go back to paper poll books or we're just enabling ballot stuffing and right. ballot harvesting. And that's one. And we, so, we've only got a minute left. And one, what Dr. Frank just okay, said sorry. is so important because there's a reason why Black News Channel is constantly trying to get me on to use me as a foil to push out voting rights, voting rights. Look at these states wanting to remove people from the voter rolls because that's really where that's where the action is. Right. And yeah. um, that that's you don't you don't hear them talking about it's it's when it when it comes to they know in other words when they're pushing out that removing anybody from the voter rolls is racist that's why you can know that that's really where the issue is because they're fighting to preserve yes. uh these these bad voter registration rolls um i'm inviting you yes. back you have an open door to come on any night of the week you text me and tell me you want to come on and any night i don't care if you've already been on three times this is the number one issue for us 30 seconds wrap us up final thoughts dr frank well, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic because our country is waking up and the citizens realize we are we have to take back our country and nobody's coming to save us. We're the people we're waiting for. And the, what's happening across the country is as we're waking up, my favorite saying is politicians don't start parades, they join them. Well, we're starting the parade, and our politicians are joining. I'm optimistic. Well, thank you, Dr. Frank. I'm optimistic because of you, and I appreciate you and Mike Lindell so much. Take care, my friend. Great to talk to you. Thank you. All right. See you all tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are, for students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Purchase your copy of Facing Reality in American Education today at Amazon.com. 
For some youngsters, Christmas can be the saddest of times. Help change that by bringing a toy to any of the designated drop-off areas. This message courtesy of TR Construction, serving the area with quality and pride. For all your construction needs and the job done right, call Linda and the staff at 858-537-6490. 858-537-6490. That's TR Construction, on the air reminding everyone to please donate a toy this holiday season. North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Jason Walker. Police in Los Angeles calling it an absolutely horrible scene. A woman and her four grandchildren shot and killed in her home. Authorities say the kid's father has now surrendered to police. A lot of tears in the small East Texas community of Hall. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.